Hello and welcome to the podcast version of the Saturday Report with Make Gulp, Sebastian Taylor here. Thank you for so much for listening on Anchor.fm, YouTube, or wherever you're listening. Uh, be sure to check out the links in the post below, including socialbeat.io, my preferred social media management system. They're fantastic. Try them out for 14 days for free. Do you, do you even need a, like, a, like a code word or anything? They let you try it out for free. If you do, you'll like them as much as I do. All right, my friends. Let's get started with the podcast version of this week's Set Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur hurricane hunter. And welcome to AWSN Radio, an independent digital radio station that plays today's best music, old school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSN Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talking music shows throughout the day, all we do, my friends, is entertain, inspire, and inform. And I want you to be part of the show, part of the conversation. So find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, on the Cameo, on the Twitch, at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, catch the podcast version of the show at uh, anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And, of course, keep up to date with all my adventures, including my weekly Dungeons & Dragons online Twitch session at Colt Sebastian Taylor. Alright, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, my friends, it's June. Yes, it's June. Hope you had a lovely Memorial Day Monday this past week. Did you work? Most of you did. I know I did. But uh, we're now in June, which means, my friends, it's kind of the start of hurricane season. Yes, hurricane season is in full swing. Uh, this year, and uh, the researchers from the Colorado State University issued a prediction about the number of storms that will be uh, going on this year. They've been doing this for over 35 years, um, as well as the um, NOAA, which is the official weather forecasters for the government. They are saying, they are saying, the NOAA, NOAA, they're saying there's going to be 12 to 17 named tropical storms this year, five to nine, which could be hurricanes, and as many as four of those could be a major hurricane, which is Category 3 or stronger. Um, but the Colorado State University has a slightly lower prediction, saying there'll be 13 named storms, six hurricanes, and two major hurricanes. Now, for those who need to know what the difference between a hurricane and a tropical storm and even a tropical depression is, it's mostly wind speeds, a tropical system, and a tropical depression. These are all storms that kind of have a spin to them. A tropical depression uh, are winds under 35 miles per hour. They don't get a name then. Uh, they get between 35 and 74-ish. They become a tropical storm. Anything over 74 is a hurricane, is a hurricane. So it usually progresses from tropical depression to tropical storm and then hurricane. Occasionally, occasionally, they will explode in strength and like skip the tropical storm phase and go right into hurricane. That's very, fa fairly, fairly rare. And when a hurricane develops, most of them develop that well-defined hurricane eye 
in the middle of the storm and whatnot. Uh, but since hurricane season has started, there is actually actually a tropical depression now in the Gulf of Mexico that formed on the first day of hurricane season, according to the National Hurricane Center. Uh, there's no watches or warnings or anything associated with this. This is tropical depression number two. Uh, tropical depression number one formed before hurricane season because hurricanes and tropical storms can occur outside of quote-unquote hurricane season. Um, it's about 290 miles west-northwest of Fort Myers, Florida, and expected to remain offshore in Florida. And the tropical depression is a oh, 38 miles per hour or less, according to the National Weather Ser Service. Even though the depression could see a modest strengthening overnight and become an actual tropical storm uh, sometime this weekend, uh, they're saying by the end of the weekend, perhaps as, as soon as Saturday, uh, a cold front will come through there and kind of pull it apart and it will eventually eventually fall apart. If it does manage to become a tropical storm, it will be the first tropical storm of the season and will, of course, get the name Arlene. 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 So there are, uh, every year they put out um, tropical storm names and whatnot. They usually skip a few letters because they're not a whole lot of names, like X names and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so they, they got the list out there. Will there be Tropical Storm Arlene this week? Probably not. But if it is, it probably isn't going to break up anyone's plans unless you're playing for, you know, mid-Gulf of Mexico, you know, high seas fishing, which, you know, you might, but, you know, probably not. Next up, folks, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, actor Jamie Foxx, which has been hospitalized since April with a mysterious illness. Not a lot of people have any information about that, but it came out this week that Jamie Foxx is blind and paralyzed due to a stroke caused by the COVID-19 vaccine. Shocking. Side note, this news came from New York Daily News gossip columnist A.J. Benza and was then broadcasted on Dr. Drew's show, who is wildly irresponsible in terms of COVID-19 and health. He uh, has gotten just about every bit thing about COVID-19 wrong, and now he aired on his program this unbelievably wild theory that Jamie Foxx had a stroke because of the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, Benza, who is a, I remind you, not a doctor, but a gossip columnist, claimed that Fox suffered a blood clot in the brain due to the vaccine. Uh, he also alleged that Fox didn't want to do the COVID-19 vaccine, was forced to get it to work on a Netflix film back in action. Uh, he claimed he got this information from an unknown anonymous source. So Dr. Drew, once respected physician, said, you know what, I'm going to put this guy on my radio stage, my, my show, and just let him, you know, mouth off a random conspiracy theory. Now, folks, you may know this about me if you're a long-time listener, but I think science is a thing, and I often get into it with anti-vaxxers on the Twitter about, you know, COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and boy, howdy, this article was sent to me by a whole lot of people like, ah, we got you, cult. Like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. Let's, uh, let's me read the article. Oh, a gossip columnist on uh, Dr. Drew's show. Gotcha. Gotcha. Duly noted. Duly noted. Um, listen, folks, could he have had a stroke? 
Absolutely. Lots of people get strokes. It happens. It does. It really, really does. Does the COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine cause strokes? There is no evidence from anyone even remotely associated with science that says there's a correlation between the COVID-19 vaccine and risk of stroke. Now listen, lots of people die after eating a microwave dinner. Does microwave dinners cause heart attacks? No. Sometimes people have microwave dinners and then sometimes they die right after that. Doesn't mean the two things are related. Could have Jamie Foxx had a stroke? Yeah. Could have he had right after the COVID-19 vaccine? Yeah. Are the two related? Science says no. Science says no. In fact, the vaccine can actually help you prevent strokes because strokes are higher among people infected with COVID-19, okay? That is something science has proven. If you've had COVID-19, you have a higher chance of getting a stroke. So if you have a vaccine, you have less of a chance. Less of a chance. <sighs> These people are exhausting. These anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers are exhausting. I can't. I just can't with them sometimes. But anyways, Jamie Foxx remains hospitalized. Uh, he has not released an official statement about this, other than his family saying he is recovering. Uh, he is in a facility known for spinal and stroke treatment and whatnot. Uh, again, he might have had a stroke. Absolutely. And if he is, I hope he recovers as quickly as possible. With that said, again, no evidence. No evidence from science, medicine, no evidence outside of Facebook memes, Alex Jones, and right-wing grifters saying that COVID-19 vaccine causes strokes. Oh, boy, howdy. I, I knew a conspiracy theory would pop up eventually about this, and you know what? Not surprised. Not surprised. Not surprised even from Dr. Drew. He's a hack. He's a hack. Listen, I'm a hack. I know what a hack is. He's a hack. Dr. Drew is a hack. Moving on to other celebrity medical news. Taylor Swift. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? I am not a crazy Taylor Swift fan, but she is very talented. She does have some... Ta she She's talented. She is talented. She's from the Pennsylvania, I, I think so. I think so. Anyways, talented, talented lady. Mad respect for her talent. Well, fans are reporting amnesia after... <laughs> I reported amnesia after going to Taylor Swift's concerts. Um, strange, right? But some Taylor Swift fans are, are claiming to suffer from post-concert amnesia. And psychologists say that emotion and time might be behind the phenomenon. Um, much like uh, out-of-body experiences, uh, Taylor Swift fans may be entering a dreamlike state, or as Swifties, as they are probably known, and uh, have taken to social media to reveal their guilt of not being able to remember key moments from her era's tour. Um, amnesia can be a very serious symptom, leading to loss of memory, experiences, and information. But, but, um, Dr. Michelle Phillips, the senior lecturer in music psychology at the Royal Northern College of Music, saying that um, the idea of post-concert amnesia is not as scary as it sounds. Quote, in fact, it's likely to be one of the things they remember attending for for the rest of their lives. 
and rarely do rarely do these memories like never ever come back or whatnot. Uh, it's simply that they encode some aspect of the event in memory and not others. Um, the old saying, time flies when you're having fun, is an easy way, apparently, to think about this post-concert amnesia. According to Dr. Phillips, when fans are excited and so immersed in the moment, they can feel, though, that time has suddenly passed, and they haven't been able to properly process everything they've seen, heard, and felt. Now, concerts today, my friends, are not just some guy on the stage with a microphone and an instrument. These are multi-million dollar spectacles of lights and and costume changes, and pyrotechnics, and screens, and TV, and etc., etc. There is so much going on during a concert, so much going on in a concert, that um, you might not be able to process and encode everything into your memory. Uh, most concertgoers have uh, elements of surprise all the time, as well as intensive light movement and fireworks, which can cause some memory loss or two. Um... The doctor says that she could feel, she could tell her friends about one or two moments uh, from the concert, but can't recollect the whole set because it is just hazy. Uh, another doctor, uh, Dr. Helen Pryor, a senior lecturer at the University of Hull, uh, is interested to see whether some of these memories and emotions, uh, swiftly to forgotten, can be recalled when they listen to her songs again at a later date. So, like, music will unlock these memories and whatnot. So, very interesting phenomenon. If you are a Swifty or any sort of fan, like, you can not remember everything in an intense, action-packed, nearly four-hour concert from Taylor Swift. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the, the solution to that is. Uh, but just breathing and sort of, you know, try not to get too elated, but hey. If you're a Swifty, you already know that's pretty, pretty impossible. Pretty impossible. But uh, in interesting story about going to spending hundreds of dollars going to a concert and not remembering anything because you got too excited about uh, the concert itself. Very interesting. Speaking of music, my friends, do you know we have an in-house DJ here at AWSM Radio? We do, my friends. His name is DC, and he's the best in-house DJ that, that, that you could possibly have joining you this weekend. He's got three shows. Three shows. I get one show. He gets three shows. That's how talented he is. Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's DC Live. In effect, you don't want to miss out. He smashes it on the ones and twos. King of the Beats from South Florida until he's eventually banned by Ron DeSantis. And then on uh, Saturdays, it's House Party Saturdays, where DC brings his freestyling DJing to the max. House Party Saturdays gives you all the mammy vibe without actually having to be there from the top clubs or the bars. DC will bring the party to you. that Saturdays at 10 p.m. And then Sundays, once again at 10 p.m., it's DC live in effect again. So, just to review, it's DC live in effect, Fridays at 9. DC House Party Saturdays, Saturdays at 10. And then DC live in effect again at 10 p.m. Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next up, in additional music news, Billy Joel. Yes, the piano man. Billy Joel's Madison Square Garden residency to end after 10 years. A decade of Billy Joel playing at the Madison Square Garden venue. Whatnot. Um, according to uh, a statement released by the Grammy-winning singer, quote, I'm kind of flabbergasted that it lasted as long as it did. My team tells me that we could continue to sell tickets, but 10 years 
150 shows. All right already. I do remember the first time I played Madison Square Garden. It was the pinnacle of my career. I thought, my God, I'm headlining Madison Square Garden. Everybody in the world knows when you play the garden. It's not just New York. Uh, he expressed his appreciation for his fans, saying, I want to thank them for coming to our shows for this long. It's hard to end, even at 150 lifetime shows. I just want to thank everyone for the wonderful thing that happened here. Uh, Billy Joel first played Madison Square Garden in 1978. Then in 2006, he set his first record at the venue for most consecutive performances by any artist with 12. Uh, in 2013, Billy Joel was named the venue's first ever music franchise, meaning he was doing regular concerts there. Uh, in the following year, he began his record-breaking run. During his residency, he broke several more records, uh, including his own for most consecutive performances by any artist, uh, with 13 shows in 2015, and most lifetime performances by any artist later that year, with his 65th lifetime show at Madison Square Garden, and there are banners in the garden's roof. roof uh, there are banners in Madison Square Garden's roof and rafters to commemorate his historic moments. Uh, according to a statement by James L. Doolan, executive chairman and chief executive officer of MSG Entertainment, Madison Square Garden, quote, Billy Joel's franchise run has made history, not only for Madison Square Garden, but also for the music industry overall. 150 sold-out Lifetime shows is a remarkable achievement and speaks to Billy's extraordinary talent, beloved catalog, and dedicated fan base. Billy always has a home here at Madison Square Garden, even though the, his, even though the residency is coming to an end with his 150th Lifetime performance. Um, who is taking over his residency? That's right, me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. I will be singing Billy Joel songs poorly, for twice the price at Madison Square Garden. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But anyways, if you want to catch, want to catch uh, one of ten final shows by Billy Joel uh, at Madison Square Garden, they will run from October 2023 of this year till July 2024. Tickets, tickets are on sale. Um, pre-sale, pre-sale for tickets for October 20th. Uh, start at uh, 10 a.m. on June 7th, June 7th, and um, you can go to a, I don't know, variety of places again, probably. I don't know where, but probably Madison Square Garden ticket booth office. But anyways, tickets will be on sale for that soon. In fact, today's the third, in four days, four days, if you want to see Piano Man at Madison Square Garden, there's your chance. There is your chance. Next up, my friends, we go to Texas. Texas. I, 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 you may have heard uh, Texas Attorney General uh, Paxton. Paxton. Um, uh, he got impeached. He got impeached by uh, the Texas legislature. Now, uh, Paxton here, he's, he's, he's a Republican. Um, uh, Ken Paxton, Republican uh, Attorney General. Got impeached by Texas legislature president. Oh boy, Texas! Holy moly! When did that state turn to a bunch of Democrats? Well, it's not. It's still full of Republicans. And he was massively impeached by a Republican legislature joined by many different Democrats as well. Uh, he was impeached, and so since he's impeached, he's not out of the office just yet. Uh, but he is uh, removed from duties. He can't. He's suspended from office. 
And so Governor Greg Abbott has appointed John Scott, former Secretary of State, as intern Attorney General, while uh, Ken Paxson is having his trial in the Senate sometime to start sometime before uh, August 28th-ish? 28th-ish, yes. Um, yeah, so after he was uh, he was impeached, he said this was a travesty. Travesty that this is this is trying to overturn an election. He was re-elected this year with like, I don't know, 70% of the vote. But they, he, the legislature defying the will of the people by trying to remove him from office, which is cute. So cute that Kenny here says that because, as you may recall from 2020, Ken Paxton uh, uh, put in several briefs to overturn the electoral results of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So I can't help but to find a wee bit of hypocrisy, a wee bit of, huh, really, a wee bit of projection that he thinks that he thinks that the he, he thinks that this is going against the will of the people because they voted him in. Apparently, he thinks if he gets... Uh, voted in uh, with a massive uh, amount of people voting for him that he is immune from the rules and regulations of said uh, office. Fun fact, no, no. Um, so he is out. He will be, his trial will be in the Senate uh, sometime this summer. A variety of charges have been laid on him of just abuse of power, etc., etc. Uh, a, a lot, a lot of different things. Uh, also, fun fact, Ken Paxton is under federal indictment since 2015 for securities fraud. I don't know how federal indictments work. I I didn't know you could just sort of put that off for a while and, like, not have a trial. So, um, this may not surprise you. I have a very low opinion of Ken Paxton. He is a clown. And uh, I hope, oh boy, I hope, he not only gets removed from office, that his federal indictment then kicks right on in, kicks right on in. So, uh, be interesting to watch. Again, he found no election irregularities at all. Nothing at all. Um, this uh, new guy, Scott, John Scott, uh, was the intern Secretary of State. Uh, he did a forensic audit of the 2020 election in Texas, fueled by the conspiracy theories of Donald Trump saying that, you know, there was massive fraud in Texas. Well, they found some irregularities, as there are in all elections, but no widespread fraud, and that Texans should be confident in the state's voting process. So, ugh. So anyways, I will definitely be following that because I really, really want to see him thrown out on his 10-gallon hat but out of that office. So, what? The, he's just, he's just a, he's a fraud. He's a fraud! He's a fraud. So, very, very happy to hear that there are at least some Republicans in Texas that say, well, you know what? Mm, you're kind of, you're kind of a scum. You're kind of a scumbag there, buddy. So, hopefully, the Senate will agree. Next up, my friends, Denmark. And, my friend, something is rotten. In Denmark, what does that smell? Potatoes, rotten potatoes. Well, at this point, probably rotten. Uh, in Denmark, potatoes were dropped on a key bridge, on a key bridge uh, this week, causing traffic chaos. Uh, it was spilled on a bridge that connected two Danish islands. That's right, on the 
the Stroll the Stor Belt Bridge around 6.30 a.m. in the morning. The bridge connects the island where the capital Copenhagen is located to the rest of Denmark. A similar incident happened on the eastbound side a short time later. So on the westbound side, a bunch of potatoes were dumped on the highway. And then a little bit later, a bunch of potatoes were dumped on the other side. According to the police, quote, It looks weird. We're working on two hypotheses. It is either an accident or it is something that has been done deliberately. Now, you pray yourself, oh, potatoes on the road, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, have you, have you stepped on a potato? They're kind of, you know, wet. So the road became very slippery with matched potato skins and potato parts all over the place. Uh, police said the roads had become very slippery and urged drivers to drive slowly. According to the Danish Road Directorate, lines of vehicles reported on either side of the roughly 11-mile bridge and tunnel that linked the islands of uh, Funen, where Odense, Denmark's third largest city, is located, and Zeeland, where Copenhagen sits. A little Danish, little, little Danish geography there for you. Uh, Danish bro public broadcaster noted that the potato spills occurred on the same day as Danish Parliament passed a law to tax diesel trucks transporting heavy loads. Uh, the new measure has drawn protests from truck drivers. In recent weeks, they peacefully blocked highways and roads and main roads throughout the country, claiming the tax will make their livelihoods unsustainable. Uh, a majority in the Danish parliament argued that it's vital as the continued use of gas and diesel fuel trucks are environmentally unsuitable. As of 2025, drivers of gas and diesel fuels with over 3.5 tons of material will be taxed 19 cents per kilometer driven. That's like a half a mile. So that's that's will be the tax starting in 2025. Now, a 57-year-old truck driver was detained during this incident. Um, and they uh, he's being held on suspicion of causing reckless endangerment to life. So he hasn't confessed that he did this on purpose, but police are saying... You, uh, you, you might have done this on purpose. I, you know, he might have, might have been able to get away with it if it was just one side of the bridge, but happened on both sides. Um, early in the morning, I'm thinking it was deliberate. Just guessing. Just guessing. My friends, if you find yourself on a Danish bridge in slow traffic because you have potatoes all over the road due to diesel fuel tax cuts, there's only one thing you need to be listening to between the hours of 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Standard Time. I don't know how that makes out in da in, in, in Denmark, but you, you should still listen to The Rock Sessions. It's our drive time show here, making sure that your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. My friend Rocks will make it rock, rock style, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll throw Friday in there for free for you. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Moving along in uh, entertainment news, Sergio Calderon, known as the alien holding a head on the stick in Men in Black, also in Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, movie has passed away at the age of 77. 
Uh, the most notable films include The In-Laws, Men in Black, and Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End. He died at the age of 77 uh, of natural causes in a Los Angeles hospital. Uh, he portrayed a Mexican revolutionary uh, at the turn of the 20th century in Duck, You Sucker in 1971. Written and directed by Sergio Leone, famed uh, Western director, and was the murderous Mexican chief police opposite of Albert Finney in John Huston's Under the Volcano in 1984. He made appearances on the A-Team. Uh, he also was one of the Hondurans in the author Hiller comedy The In-Laws in 1979, which he got a SAG card from. Uh, many people remember him from the original Men in Black Known him as the head on the stick guy. Uh, beginning that movie, the Timely Jones was looking at a bunch of illegal aliens and was talking Spanish to them. And this one guy just kept nodding and was the one, the alien. That was the guy who played the human version of that. Uh, he was the Spanish pirate captain, Lord, uh, pirate lord Captain Valuina in Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End. Um, he was born in 1945. Moved from his home in a tropical village to Mexico City when he was 10. He studied at the Estudio Andres Solar uh, of the Asociación Nacional de Actores. He then made his on-screen debut in The Bridge in the Jungle, starring John Huston. Uh, other films that he was in include The Revengers, The Children of Sanchez, Le Chevy, Old Gringo, The Missing, The Ruins, Little Fockers, and then uh, he showed up on the final season of the FX series Better Things last year. Uh, he is survived by his wife, uh, Karen Darkin, uh, uh, children Patrick uh, Darkin, and Johanna uh, Cauldron Darkin, uh, vice president of the PR firm, the Maliseum Group, and uh, various other 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 relatives. So, uh, uh, very well-known Mexican actor. You probably have seen him numerous times and didn't even realize, realize it. Mr. Sergio Calderon passed away this week at the age of 77. Next up, my friends, some basketball news. The NBA Finals have started with the first game being on June 1st on Thursday where the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Feet Denver, Denver Nuggets took the game 104 to 93, and they lead one game to none over the Miami Heat. Uh, game two will be June 4th. Game three will be June 7th. Game four will be June 9th. Um, be it uh, the first two games in Miami, the next two games in Denver, then Miami, then Denver, then Miami again. Uh, obviously, games five, six, and seven are as needed. As needed, we'll see if they get that far. But the Denver Nuggets now have a one-game-to-zero lead over the Miami Heat and whatnot. Uh, the Denver Nuggets were the number one seed in their Western Conference. What uh, in the Western Conference? Uh, the Eastern in the Eastern Conference. Miami was, uh, I guess, number seven. I guess I don't know. Teams. I, I, I don't know how these rankings work, but the uh, Miami Heat had a record of 44 and 38 this season. The Denver Nuggets, 53 and 29. The 76ers, uh, 54 and 28. Couldn't seal the deal against the Celtics, unfortunately. Womp womp. But uh, we'll see who's winning. I don't know who the favorite is to win. I really don't follow basketball whatsoever. Um, but um, yeah, apparently, apparently, uh, 
The Miami Heat defeated the first round seed. In the first round, the Miami Heat defeated first seeded Milwaukee Bucks in four four to one. Then they defeated the in the conference semifinals. Uh, they beat the fifth seeded New York Knicks four to two. And then in the conference finals, they built, beat the Celtics four games to three. In that that game went to seven. That game went to seven seven games. I think think they're up three nothing. Celtics came back, won three games, but the Miami Heat managed to knock that out. As for the Denver Nuggets, uh, in the first round, they defeated the A-seed Minnesota Timberwolves 4-1. In the conference semifinals, they beat the Phoenix Suns four games to two. And in the conference finals, they wiped out the Lakers 4 to nothing in that one. So, we will see. We will see. I will have a report for you next Saturday. Uh, maybe next Saturday... Well, maybe next Saturday we'll have a winner because someone by June 9th could win. We'll find out. But if you're a big basketball fan, you have your days marked out. This week, this weekend, and this week will be the NBA Finals. Speaking of the NBA, I rarely have a good segue for this uh, this bit, but this seems like the perfect time to tell you, my friends, about our NBA basketball show we have here at AWSM Radio. It's To The Rack. With Mac, the rack with Mac is your go-to spot for all things basketball. He is probably having he's probably Mac Daddy, our NBA expert, is probably living his best life right now. He brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise. Uh, his next show is this coming Wednesday at 9 p.m., which he will have all the details. I am sure of the NBA playoffs thus far with his own commentary. You should definitely listen to it. That's Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Now, if you need even more sports. On Wednesday night, I got you. I got you. Calm down. Because at 10 p.m., it's what's going on. What's going on is our Fox Sports affiliate show providing listeners with 150 combined years of sports knowledge hosted by Nate Brown and his crew. They have been a staple of New York sports for the past two decades. And now, my friends, go national. That's Wednesdays at 10 p.m. here at AWSN Radio. So just to review, Wednesdays, 9 p.m., to the rack with Mac. Wednesdays, 10 p.m., What's going on? Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next, my friends, we go to space. To Mars, where, for the first time ever, a live stream, uh, live stream video pictures from Mars were beamed back to Earth for the first time ever in near real time. Why not real time? Because it takes about 15 minutes to send photos back. That's how far Mars is away and whatnot. Um, it take, takes a while to send things, send things over that sort of distance. But um, the European Space Agency, the ESA, uh, live streamed the first ever images from Mars Express Satellite today, providing fa- space fans with a multiple close-up views of the red planet. Uh, it was at a distance, it's not like on the surface of Mars, but this is uh, 2,400 miles above Mars and these photos were uploaded to the Mars webcam Flickr page, taking some live stream shots of the uh, of the red planet. The images are being sent back nearly 190 million miles back to Earth, and takes, uh, according to the ESA, 16 minutes and 44 seconds to reach us. Quote, it's the closest thing you get to a live view of the red planet. Um, the, achievement is in, the achievement is an engineering feat for the ESA Mars Express satellite, 
which was launched 20 years ago today, 20 years, and has been orbiting Mars for that long. Yes, that's right. It has been orbiting Mars for 20 years and still working, unlike, you know, most people's cell phones. Um, this, uh, the image uh, that it was taking is number 24,516. That is how many times it has circled the red planet in the last 20 years. Uh, the live stream was was interrupted a little bit by bad weather in Spain, um, but uh, they were able to get it back online as well. Now, one thing the uh, satellite did pick up, which was strange, is that they saw a cloud on Mars. You don't think of Mars with clouds, but they saw a rare uh, elongated cloud on Mars, quote, um, uh, from these images, we discovered a great deal, including the evolution of a rare elongated cloud formation hovering above one of Mars' most famous volcanoes, the 20-kilometer-high Ares Mons, uh, according to ESA's Hor uh, George or Hor Hor Jorge George Adam George Hernandez Bernal, which is part of the team analyzing these images. Um, using the pictures, the scientists figured out that the winds. Uh, hitting the dead volcano were rapidly cooling, leading to waterized condensation and forming clouds. However, why the cloud is so stretched out is still a mystery. So they're able to capture a rare cloud, a rare cloud uh, on Mars. Um, now the Mars Express, which has been up there for 20 years, has never been meant to be in operation for this long. Its primary purpose was to record the landing of the Beagle 2 lander 20 years ago, but its camera continued to work and beam back images to Earth in batches. Uh, according to the ESA, it has become a favorite of space enthusiasts as images are uploaded every couple days to the ESA Flickr account. But for the first time in the, age of the his history of the agency, they are attempting to stream these images live in celebration of the probe's 20th anniversary. So, pretty pretty amazing stuff. Pretty amazing stuff. 20 years orbiting Mars. Technology still works. They've taken very good care of the satellite from Earth. And they even captured a cloud on Mars. Pretty crazy stuff. And finally this week, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is looking to put mandatory automatic emergency braking system in all cars within the next three years. Uh, automakers uh, entered a voluntary agreement to add this technology to their cars in 2016, and it's already in 90% of all passenger vehicles, but now they are now going to mandate it on, in more vehicles. Basically, uh, when a car detects a pedestrian, uh, the car will automatically brake and whatnot. Uh, according to Chief N. Carlson, with this proposal, we could change a high-speed crash from a deadly one to a lower-speed crash with minor injuries or just property damage. They say it will save 360 lives a year and reduce 24,000 injuries. And they are also uh, developing a protocol to stop phantom braking, which the vehicle detects something that's not there, causing the car to brake rapidly. So expect to see these automatic emergency braking. If you don't have it already, it will be in your car within the next three years. And that, my friends, just about wraps up this week's Saturday Parts Me, Colt, Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much 
for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on a variety of social media locations, including the Twitter, the Counter Social, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Cameo, at Colt S. Taylor, sometimes on twitch.tv slash Colt S. Taylor. Uh, of course, you can catch the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. Please subscribe and listen and whatnot. And, uh, of course, you can find out all of my other adventures, including... Uh, my uh, Wednesday D&D game at ColtSebastianTaylor.com Until next time, my friends, I am, of course, your friend, the one, the only, Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later. And that, my friends, just about wraps up this week's podcast with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Remember, check out the links below, socialbeat.io, And I will see you next week on uh, the podcast of this show, airing every Saturday, 11 a.m. on AWSM Radio, the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor.